whatever time it is for you. Uh, I'm going to talk about reconciling sin, judgment, and God as love. This is part one. And I have stuff prepared, but we'll see where it goes because there's so much here. And this is a message of freedom in our pain points to be who we were created to be. Our true selves are amazing, gorgeous, good, beautiful, created in the image and likeness of God without condemnation, but also not operating in ways that are full of sin, uh, ways that harm uh, us and other people. And, you know, sin is kind of a trigger word for people. And I understand that because, you know, either if you're brought up in, in, in the church, or I wasn't actually brought up in the church, but I was brought up with plenty of condemnation and fingers pointing and versions of sin that weren't even sin, (laughs) but then a lot of sin that really was sin and just, it just messy. And so I have a very, uh, fine tuned ability to sniff out condemnation, uh, how, whichever direction it arises from in the, you know, the, the church that's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ or in all sorts of other religious things that say they're not religious, but are. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, and I was brought up in secular humanism and believe you me, plenty of condemnation there. And so where do we get free from that? Well, it's in Christ. In Christ, there is no condemnation, but, you know, in that place, we're also clear eyed that man, Houston, we have a problem. We really do have a problem. And sometimes what ends up happening, depending on where we found ourselves, uh, if we're brought up under a whatever condemnation that is from whatever source, a lot of times we'll run from that because we're getting crushed under it, right? Uh, The problem is that we can end up in another ditch. And then we experience that toxic uh, ditch water uh, which there's probably lots of condemnation or just destruction, right? Uh, and, you know, kind of where I was brought up, full disclosure, is that anything went, you know, anything goes. Uh, and so, uh, but there's, but there was a lot of condemnation. It was just this really weird, hypocritical, but pretending it's so free uh, and full of bondage, full of fallout. And it, it, I, I, it messed me up. It really did. And so um, at some point uh, I ran from God because I was angry. If you're so good, God, and so powerful, how come everything I care about is, is destroyed? And how come all this horrendous incest, crappy stuff happened to me? And I'm seeing my family falling out and just blah, 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 blah. And I just really wanted a family. I just really wanted a whole happy family. I really wanted to uh, be free from shame and and guilt and condemnation and and whatever. That was my heart of hearts. And so I, I ran from God because I'd had encounters with him and he wasn't the problem. Oh my God, he's the one that kept me sane. 
But I just felt like intrinsically, if there is a God and you're so good and you're so powerful, how come these things happen? And the answer is because we live in a fallen world and people make crappy choices and God lets us make crappy choices because we can't choose to do the good choices if we're not free to make the crappy choices. The problem is the crappy choices from whatever direction they come from. If you're uh, in the church and you're choosing to judge and point fingers, um, and be a hip and be hypocritical. Um, you know, there will condemnation. And then if you're not in the church and you're choosing to point fingers and do crappy things and everything goes, well, you're a hypocrite too. It's, we know it's a level playing ground. The problem is we just really need a savior and we need ongoing saving because we are really confused. We are so confused. And there's so many cultural battles right now. Um, you know, by the time, if you listen to this 10 years from now, you know, this will, may not, it'll still be pertinent because it's, it's an issue, but the current flavor of the issues may not be exactly that, but there's a ton going on with, you know, we're in pride month and, you know, is, is gay. Okay. Is trans. Okay. What's good. What's not. We're just really confused and we just need help as a human race. This includes me. This is not like you know, the church has got it all together and, you know, whatever. No, the church does not have it all together. It's comprised of human beings and we need help. And so sin is a thing, you know, and to say it's not a thing is delusional. But to condemn and point fingers and act like you have it all together and you've got it all figured out is uh, is actually sin as well. So we just need help. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's it's amazing. God is love. And love sees 2020. You know, this is why he's a just judge. And I'm going to spend a lot of time, particularly today, uh, talking about, uh, uh, I love I love the way the Passion Translation refers to this as the parable of the loving father, but you may know it as the prodigal son, because that's what we're taught about. Okay. But this talks about the ditches of sin that we fall into. And, you know, let me just say this, God hates sin because he loves his kids. And whether you have said the magic prayer or not said the magic prayer, whatever that is, you are still his kid. No one created themselves. Uh, Satan creates no one. Uh, you are God's kid intrinsically. You're loved. You're chosen before the foundation of the world. That has been established. And, you know, this is why God seeks to save what is lost. Well, if you were never his, you would not be lost. I don't lose what I don't have, okay? And if my value depends on me doing anything, uh, then it's not real value. I've earned my value. Well, that, no, I'm valuable to God because I'm his. And if I go wandering off, in a prodigal, like lascivious, which means just sinful, means um, reckless way of living, um, where anything goes, whatever pops up in my mind, this is okay to do, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm in bondage, but I'm still his kid. Okay. If I choose to follow after Satan and just run full steam, I'm still his kid. Okay. And if I choose to um, to yield to him, to obey him, 
to let him love me and love him back and love other people. I'm his kid. And if I choose to obey him and looking at him as if he's a taskmaster, as if I have to do things to earn my salvation, do things to earn my value, do things to be his son and daughter. This is a form of religious bondage, but I'm still his kid. The issues you're still his. In any of those scenarios, that has actually already been established. The problem is we are not experiencing our sonship and daughtership because we don't know our father. And this is the context of this parable and where sin comes from. And we're going to sort of explore the issue of sin because we are confused. Um, And the church has said, that um, that sin is violating a moral law. And they're actually right and wrong. And can I say wrong in the sense of which law have you violated as sin? Because the truth is, if, if if Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins as sin, becoming sin, and taking humanity with him and resurrecting a humanity with him, that he's actually done something about the sin issue. He's done something about our nature, which is not sinful, or your nature is not sinful, but you may be full of sin. You have a lot of mindsets, and so do I, strongholds, confusion, that cause us to do evil things that do violate stuff, but it's not a bunch of moral codes. And I'll just I'll just skip I'll just skip to the the big hot button. It's violating the law of love, the law of freedom, the law of Christ Jesus, the law of spirit, which is all the law of love. When we violate that, we have sinned. And God has to show us what that looks like. Okay, but we have to start from where we're at. Okay, and so I'm going to discuss today the ditches that we tend to fall into. Because if you don't know which ditch you're in, um, number one, you're under whatever you don't know. Whatever you don't know has power over you. And this is why you're experiencing bondage, whether it's religious bondage or kind of lascivious bondage. Like, okay, I'm trying to think of a better word for that. Um, uh, Like where you're just in bondage because of sin right? Because you've taken this license to sin and it's eating you alive because it's destructive. And of course, sin is pleasure for a season, but man, you cannot choose your consequences. Sin has its own consequence. And the Bible says this reality, the wages of sin is death. This is not because God is a punisher. That would be the the religious bondage perspective. God's not a punisher. But sin has consequences of death because you're violating love and love is really who you are. So that's kind of the overall summary of of what we're going to talk about. I'm kind of giving a little bit of the the um, the the conclusion at the beginning, because I want you to come at this from this perspective. Now, we're going to talk about the the, the parable, par, parable of the prodigal son. Understand, this is in the context. This is one of three parables that Jesus gave, okay? The first parable was the parable of the lost sheep, 
Okay, this was Jesus as the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to find the one sheep who was lost. Let me ask you, uh, the shepherd, when the sheep was lost, did the shepherd belong to Jesus? Yes, he did. That's why God went after him, right? Okay, so boom, boom, uh, bing to bing, bing. Okay, so um, then the next parable is the woman who looks for the lost coin. Okay, I, I happen to be just really, I'm sorry, this is just me. The value God is planted on women because the, the, the first one is about Jesus. Um, the, sec- the third one will be about the loving father. And, that, and the middle one is the woman who is placed in a, um, a, a, a deified position. I don't believe this is saying uh, the woman as God, but it's, it's saying the femininity of God in the search in that way to this culture was radical. Okay. Just saying that's a little aside. Couldn't help put that in there. The value that God has for his, his female kids, as well as his male kids. But so this woman who is operating say as Holy spirit to look for the lost coin. And she's rejoices when she finds it. She throws a party, come rejoice with me. I found this lost coin. Let me just tell you when the coin was lost, did the coin still belong to the woman who was representing God here? Yes. Was the coin of any less value when it was lost than when she found it? No, the coin was not worth any less. The coin still belonged to her and was worth every bit as much. So when we're lost, we still belong to God and we still have our value. Okay, so that's the context. And let's go to this, uh, this par- parable. Um, this is in Luke 15, 11 through 32, Passion Translation. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed the inheritance between the two sons. Uh, Shortly thereafter, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. Okay, so this is ditch number one, ditch number one, the ditch of just anything goes, Um, It's all about me. It's pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Um, And what does it do? Not good consequences. It says with everything he spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. Okay, so now you're under under bondage, right? Uh, The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to eat Uh, the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him anything. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Uh, And he thought, there are many workers in my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? Wow. Okay. Um, I want to go back to my father's house and I'll say to my father, father, I was wrong and I have sinned against you. He should have just stopped there, but he kept on going. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. 
please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. Okay, so what was his mindset? Wow, you know, I've lost my value. I'm no longer your son. Okay, not knowing the heart of his father. He, so let's see what the heart of his father was. So the young uh, son set off from home from a long distance away. So his father's looking for him. Okay. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. Okay. This is the heart of his father. The father raced. This was so undignified in this culture to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly and kissed him over and over with tender love. Okay, let me just ask you, <clears throat> this son still smelled like pig slop. He probably had pig slop on him. All right, so he is filthy, looking like a beggar and he's kissing him all over, okay, running. Then the son said, okay, this is kind of the mindset that comes. Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, knock it off, right? <laughs> and said, son, he's still his son. You're home now. So the home of the prodigal, the, the home of the one who just flat out sins the way you think sin, lives for themselves, lives for pleasure, doesn't care about anyone else, wastes, you know, basically when he took his father's inheritance, he was basically saying to his father, screw you, I wish you were dead, give me what's mine. And literally, okay. So, um, you know, just acting gross, right? Um, but he's still a son and now he's home. And so much so, he turns to his servants. The father said, quick, bring the very best robe, my very own robe. This is identity. And I'll place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship. This is sonship and authority. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast for my beloved son was once dead and now he's alive. So how did he view his son? He viewed his lost son as still his son, but dead. Oh, dead in sin. Okay. That's how he views those that have run off. They don't know. They're dead in their sin. Okay. But they're still their son. They're still as valuable, a son or daughter, still as valuable, precious. And the father's heart is to seek. The father's heart is to save. The father's heart is to welcome them home, stinky and all. Um, and, and while they haven't even bathed yet, here's your robe, here's your ring, here's your, here's your shoes. Let me reclothe you and remind you who you've always been and who you really are. You're mine. Right. Okay. And you don't have to do anything and knock it off with, I'm not wearing any business. Okay. Knock it off. Okay. You're worthy because you're his end of discussion. Okay. Uh, once he was lost, now he's found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Okay. So there's, there's the father and the father's heart towards the, um, the uh, ditch number one, door number one. Okay. Door number two, ditch number two. Now the elder son was out working in the field when his brother returned. And as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. He called over one of the servants. Hey, what's going on? I added the hay in there. So I just so you know, <laughs> the servant replied, it's your younger brother. He is returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. Okay, this is the heart condition of the older brother. 
the older brother became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, this is ditch number two. Father, listen. Okay, number one, this is disrespectful. Okay, but all right. How many years, fingers of accusation, have I worked like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked me as a faithful son, and I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends as this son of yours is doing now. Look at him. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and wasteful livings. And here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him. You can see his, you can just hear, I dramatized it a little. Did you like it? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So finger pointing, pointing to his dad, pointing to the son. I'm perfect. I'm valuable. You've never once, you've never done that. You know, this finger, finger, finger pointing. And this is like breaking the heart of the father with this ditch of sinful ways of being, right? This legalism, right? I've obeyed every rule, right? I've, I've never, I've, and you've never given me, you owe me, right? I've been a slave in your fields and here you're throwing, you know, and it's just begrudging and angry and seething and finger pointing, right? And this is the father's uh, response. The father said, my son, so what is he saying to the elder brother? You're you're my son, okay? You are always with me and by my side. See, always, I've always been with you. I've always been here. I've always been for you. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. You know, the elder brother also received a full inheritance. So which means anytime he wanted to have a party, he could have had a party anytime he wanted to, to, to sacrifice a goat to have to have a feast. He could have it. And he had, the fields were there were actually his fields that he was working in for his benefit. OK, he wasn't toiling for a, a taskmaster father. He was putting his hand to the plow for so that he could enjoy the increase of what was his. OK, he did not understand the heart of his father. The, the prodigal didn't understand the heart of his father. Um, let me uh, finish out this parable. It's only right for us to, to rejoice and to celebrate like this because your brother was once dead. That's how he, how he views people who've wandered off and just are captured by, by this, the form of lascivious living sin. Okay. But now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost and now is found. And that's where the parable ends. And so we have this seething elder brother who's angry. You owe me. How could you do this for him? And in, in other translations, uh, uh, which I like in other translations, he brings out this son of yours. So he's disowned his brother. Okay. Right. He's pointing fingers at his brother. He's pointing fingers at the father. He's angry and seething. And how could you do this as if he were trying to earn something that his father had already freely given him. All I have is yours. I've already given it to you. Why are you angry at me 
accusing me of not giving when I gave you everything for life and godliness, right? And so now you should be enjoying and prospering and, and living in, in, in joy and putting your hand to the plow, not because I'm a taskmaster, not because I'm asking you to obey a bunch of rules, but because I've already given it to you. And so I love the one that is lost, but I also love you in your lostness. And it's a question of whether the elder brother is going to turn back to his father and embrace his his younger prodigal brother um and so they they can have, be a whole family that's what god wants is a whole family and guess what sin is sin is violating love out of a place of brokenness sin is unholy because um one of <clears throat> the root word of holiness is wholeness And so we sin because we're broken. We violate love because we don't know we're created in the image and likeness of love. And with that, I will um, uh, uh, talk a little bit about um, these two ditches. So the first ditch is, there we go. The first ditch is lawlessness, okay? This ditch is um, is the uh, what the prodigal son had had practiced. So um, let's go to First John three four, New American Standard. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So we're not under the law of Moses, which is the rule keeping ditch the elder brother is under. We're under the law of love the law of Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit and the law of freedom, which is all about the law of love. I'm going to go into more detail next time. Let's go to uh, Matthew 24, 12, New American Standard. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. So here you have this connection with lawlessness and cold hearts, right? When we're all after pleasure, it's lust. It's not love, right? And so, and so, and I know we we get confused because we say love is love. Well, no, not all what we think is love is love. Um, if it's lust, that means I'm pulling, I'm I'm using you for my gain, right? Um, and that's lust. Okay, that's not other giving, self sacrificial, co suffering love. Okay, and so this is the love becoming cold, right? This is where we use one another. We take advantage of one another. Uh, Hebrews 1, 9, <clears throat> you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of joy above your companions. So this is talking about Christ who loved righteousness. That's right way of being um, with God, with man, with himself. This is being holy and right not not a self-righteous, but just being right, right, with God uh, and hated lawlessness, hated uh, where I'm not operating under the law of love, right? Therefore, God has anointed you with uh, the oil of joy above your companions. This is why Jesus is a joyful God, right? Uh, God is God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Spirit. They all look alike, but this is pointing to Christ who is then pointing to his father was in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
there's joy when you are free and operating under the law of love. There is joy. There is freedom. You get to be you, but you're not stepping on anyone else. You're not violating your own conscience. You're not violating love. You are being the way you were created and the image and likeness of God himself, who is love. And you are being you uh, and you are free. And in that, does this line up with love? Yeah. Real love. And God, God is the one to dictate what real love looks like because we've hijacked love and made it mean whatever we want it to mean. And so we, we can do whatever we want to do, but we can't do call that truth. Jesus is the truth. He is love. And God gets to point what truth and love is, not a perverted, messed up, twisted version of that with our agenda. And we do this in both ditches. We do this in the prodigal son ditch where this is love. So I can sleep with as many people as I want because this is love, blah, blah, blah. Where, I mean, let's take an extreme version, you know, where they're, you know, uh, pedophiles, And they're saying that that's love. No, that is reaping destruction in you and destroying a little kid. Okay, knock it off, right? And you need healing with that. So God has compassion on the person, but that is sin. It's not love, okay? And then we also have um, in the other ditch, the legalistic ditch, where we're pointing fingers and we're assuming things uh, that we're speaking for God and we're pointing fingers fingers and whatever the the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged because take that, take the log out of your own eye, baby. So you can help your brother with the speck. And what is it? You're helping your brother with the speck. You're not taking the log out of your own eye and beating the crap out of your prodigal brother. (laughs) Okay. And this is what we've done. And we're pointing finger that that's not my, that's not my brother. That's not my sister. Well, listen, the worst sinner you can think of um, is your brother and sister. You're going to have to deal. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And you know where you're angry and enraged. This is why we've got to uh, forgive because people really have harmed us. And where we can't forgive, we're operating counter to who we are. So we ha- we have in order to be free, we've got to forgive and that we've got to forgive the prodigal. We've got to forgive the legalistic elder, elder brother. And we've got to forgive that in ourselves. I mean, full disclosure, I've been both. <laughs> Did you? I'm sorry. I spit. That was the anointing going out there. I've been both. And probably you have too, but we tend to um, err on one side or the other. And God, who is 2020 vision, is there to nab us where we've um where we've not seen our father correctly if you see your father as a a a punisher and so i've got to point out the sin in you to save you from eternal conscious torment houston we may have a problem okay if you see your father as someone who's uh, rejected you because you've sinned so much that you're no longer son and daughter because there's so much self-inflicted sin, 
shame, whatever, or inflicted upon you. Okay. You haven't seen your father. Okay. We need healing in how we see our dad, how we see our heavenly father, um, because his heart is for all of us. And he wants his kids to have a heart for one another. He wants us operating in the law of love. And he gets to say what that looks like. All right. I think that's a good place to end. I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Love you guys. Have a great day. Hey, listen, share this with someone, you know, and would you uh, please subscribe to my channel? This will help me reach more people. Uh, you can ring, click on the bell so you get notifications. I'm constantly coming out with new content. Uh, share this with someone who needs it. We are in need. And just be know wherever you are on the spectrum, <laughs> you're wildly loved. And let God help you navigate you where you need to be from whatever ditch, whatever ditch hopping you're doing. You're loved. <laughs> and let him help you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.